Come on, well, we, we have no no emails for our contest yet, so. Boo. When these dads meet world, watching boy meets world. We grew up on the show, now we have kids. And host a podcast, we watch each episode and then share our thoughts and grades. When these dads meet world. Like, watch her take the rolls. Welcome back to another edition of Daz Me World. I am one of your hosts, uh, Tyler. Join with me is our other dad. I am Brett, and this is a very, very low-key introduction. <laughs> yeah, you know, again, our vibe has changed a little bit, and I like it. It is Like chill. a more calm vibe. Yes, yeah, very chill. Other than the fact that I'm yelling, they want you to take the rolls. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, this is a podcast where we go uh, episode by episode, the classic Boy Meets World uh, show. We give our thoughts as dads and uh, also just general thoughts. So we're happy that you're with us. And uh, Brett, I'm excited to talk to you. Anything new going on in your neck of the woods? Well, uh, the fall play wrapped up. The final curtain fell last week, and uh, I will say closing night was the best performance. Very, of course very it was. comfortable. Oh, yes. <laughs> and uh, actually, Abby's packing right now to go up to Chicago because the marching band's going to march in a winter parade. Uh uh, winter light parade in Chicago on the Magic Miles. So uh, nice. Getting ready to send all that uh, tomorrow. And Kelly is starting a new job tomorrow. So, yes, uh, I heard a lot of a busyness. Rumor. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of busyness in my neck of the woods. Uh, just so the dear viewers know, uh, Brett and I do talk to each other outside of the podcast. <laughs> and uh, earlier today, I called him. He didn't answer. So I went, I wonder what Kelly's up to. So I called her, and we're <laughs> chit-chatting away. And as much as Brett and I chat well, Kelly and I sometimes chat even better with each other, where we can talk for hours, and we're like, what happened? I don't know. Let's keep going. <laughs> um, but literally, like, two seconds into me talking to her, you're trying to call me, and I'm like, well... You had your chance. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I didn't answer because you actually called me when I was in the bathroom. <laughs> oh. Well, fair. I know we're close, but we're not that close. Oh, no. I, I, I don't ever answer in the bathroom. <laughs> Do you answer uh, so the phone for Kelly when you're in the bathroom? Oh, Yes. I mean, it's a little bit different when it's oh, your wife. It's like, you uh, you can't love your wife if uh, unless you do that. Oh. <laughs> so what's new in your neck of the woods? Well, we had a uh, little birthday uh, this past weekend. We were going to try to make our way to the play, but we had some people that were kind of grumpuses and weren't feeling great, so... We thought, well, it's probably better that we don't make the trip. We wanted to, mm -hmm. but, you know, you got to take care of your little ones. Um, yeah. But, yeah, 
the wife got to have a nice uh, girls' date on Saturday, and then um, me and the boys got to hang out with a friend of ours. So um, it was a good time all around. Um, people did end up getting sick, though. So, hey, it is what it is. Um, I, I do want to take this moment, Brad, to uh, to give two announcements to the good-looking people. Uh, the All first right. announcement is that uh, Travis Kelsey did go to the Eras Tour in Argentina <laughs> to support her, his girl. I wondered <laughs> how long, I wondered how far into this episode we get before you brought this up. Honestly, Sarah brought it up to me like the within five minutes of us actually chatting with each other for today, like we were both sitting on the couch and she's like scrolling through her phone. She goes, Oh, did you know that Travis Kelsey went to Argentina? And I said, I heard she was doing a Europe tour. So that makes sense. <laughs> um, no, in all honesty, uh, good looking people. Uh, I just want everyone to know that the uh, McRib is back. So not a sponsor yet, but uh, highly well, recommend going and getting the McRib. Mm -hmm. Now, I will say the first one I had, because I had it like a few hours ago, was a little disappointing, but I think it's just because whoever was prepping it didn't get enough of that um, nice glaziness, you know, like whatever that sauce is that they normally have on it. It just, it didn't have enough. So, and also I was eating a very early dinner. um, So that could also be part of the factor. And I'm been up since, uh, you know. 9 o'clock p.m. yesterday, so who knows? My taste buds may be off a little bit. (laughs) They probably are, yeah. (laughs) Probably. I'm After this recording, I am going upstairs and falling on the bed. I don't know if I'm going to sleep, but I know I'm going to fall and and be passed out. (laughs) Yes, you will collapse one or the other. So good-looking people, we could be in for an interesting, interesting recording. So we'll see. It's going to be a very interesting recording, especially because it's an odd number, so I'm hosting. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, let's say we get into that synopsis then. I think it's a good idea. All right. Well, good-looking people, we are in the 13th episode of Season 3, New Friends and Old. Oh, yes. Time for Tyler's Pop-Tart. Hashtag not yet a sponsor, but Pop-Tarts, you've got enough different variants of flavor, so time to uh, sponsor us. You can have the Dad's Meat World flavor. In all honesty, (laughs) I have a Pop-Tart almost every single time we record, so Pop-Tarts, if you ever hear about us, you're missing an opportunity. Seriously. Uh, Frankie becomes friends with Corey and Sean in an attempt to turn over a new leaf, but ends up hurt when he discovers the guys were only hanging out with him for their own benefit. This episode was written by Matthew Nelson. Uh, we've heard his name before. This is the fourth of 19 episodes he'll have written. Uh, sadly, I uh, did discover he passed away earlier this year in February. Directed by John Tracy, another familiar name, fourth of five episodes that he'll direct. Uh, also directed 13 episodes of Step by Step. Step by Step, day by day. Originally aired January 12th, 1996. Day by day! There it is. And uh, currently enjoys an IMDb rating of 8.0. Now it's time for everyone's favorite 
game show that's sweeping the nation. Best emotional damage. I hit the wrong bumper. It's okay. It can't go I do right. love that it's game show music. Now, good-looking people, if you're brand new to the podcast, this game show is just a fun way to see how how good Tyler is at guessing random numbers. Uh, we like Not to great. figure out what the uh, Nielsen rankings were and how many millions of viewers tuned in because a lot more people watched appointment viewing television in 1996. Our previous so episode had 19.3 million viewers the first time it aired. Tyler, what do you think New Friends and Old had? Um, we're still in January, so let's be a little more on the conservative side and say 16. Well, you still win the price is right. 17.6. We did see a dip, but not nice. quite as big a dip. So vast emotional damage is not your uh, your answer today. Yeah. So with that, I turn the hosting floor over to you. So we start off in Mr. Feeney's office. Apparently, uh, Frankie and Joey have pulled off a very big prank on uh, Corey and Sean and tied up all of their clothes onto the flagpole. And thus, uh, Corey and Sean had no choice but to wear cheerleaders' outfits. So, uh, you know, they're kind of upset about this, and this is like the beginning of the school day, and uh, apparently, uh, you know, they're like, hey, you're going to let us go home, right? And he goes, no. He goes, well, what are we supposed to do? Run. Oh. Very quickly. <laughs> yeah, how are we supposed to get home? Wait till the stock. Then run very quickly. <laughs> Feeny sass, my favorite. I, I have to say, mm -hmm. Corey and Sean in those very conservative uh, unif cheerleader uniforms is just, it's so fun to see, especially with the boots. <laughs> yeah. Um, when were these cheerleader outfits a thing? The 60s? The 50s? Like... Oh, definitely. This they fit the aesthetic the of the show. Uh, yeah. yeah. They fit the aesthetic of the show, but they definitely weren't 90s outfits. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, they leave and they think, oh, we'll hit the bell. Don't worry. We will be able to get through and get to the lost and found. <laughs> and uh, immediately the bell rings. The whole entire uh, hallway is open. And, uh, you know, Topanga and Eric get their shots on them. And they, you know, make yeah. fun of them and mention about Buns of Steel. We'll get back to that later. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So they are off to the lost and found. Now, I have to say, Brett... Um, for the dear viewers that haven't actually watched the show all the way through, which, hey, why haven't you done that? Uh, but B, uh, one of my favorite jokes in the fifth season is once it's literally just Feeney is the only teacher they have. And he, there's that episode where he goes, hey, who runs the Lost and Found? He goes, I do. I do run the Lost and Found. I teach English. I teach history. I teach uh, film studies. 
It's like, yep. what job doesn't he do? <laughs> he's the principal. <laughs> yes. He's and back then to we have back probably, to season one, Feeney. <laughs> yeah. Then we have one of the probably most interesting and potentially most quotable um, little scenes. And where I, you have, I clipped. I uh, clipped a chunk of this scene. So yes. Oh yes, please go ahead. Whose idea was it to burn students' clothes and make them dress up in cheerleaders' outfits? I cannot say. I must protect my friend Joey the Rat. <laughs> yes, well, it's too late. Your friend, Mr. Epstein, has already been suspended. This meeting is to try to save you from a similar fate. No, 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 that won't happen to my boy, Mr. Feeney. My boy, he's gonna straighten up and he's gonna fly right. As an 11-time heavyweight champion of the world, I guarantee you, my boy, he's going to toe the line. <laughs> Mr. Stacchino, uh, I appreciate your passion, but you, you don't have to bark. <laughs> uh, so before that... Uh... He goes, now, Mr. Stacchino, and both he and and Frankie go, yes. Yes. I was talking to Frankie. Yes. Yes. I was talking to little Frankie. <laughs> um, this young you gentleman have... right here. Mm -hmm. Do you have a clip of the end of this uh, little moment, by the way? I do, actually, yes. Yes, play it, play it. Again, thank you for dropping down. Oh, and Mrs. T I'm so sorry. <laughs> now, I know Mrs. Takino doesn't have any lines, but do you happen to have her IMDb? No credits for her. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> I mean, she does... Not a whole lot with what she's given, but it's just, it's such a funny joke of mm -hmm. these two giant men, and then you walk away and hiding just this tiny little petite woman. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. It so makes sorry. you wonder, but yeah. Well, and they kind of allude to that potentially, uh, maybe not like right this moment, but later on in the show that. Um, his parents are maybe separated um, mm -hmm. in some way, shape, or form. That kind of his dad, because of wrestling, just is only committed to that. So he doesn't really ever focus on family. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, potentially they are together. Who knows? Anyway, um, this is just, again, adding credence to this Takino family. Um, but I will say, Brett, I did cheat and look on IMDb, and this is the last time we will see Frankie uh, this season, which is sad, but yep. also there's many other things we have to get to. You know, we will come back to him. Yes, he's not the last time on the show, but definitely this season. <laughs> they should yes, have had I, him in I, the uh, season finale. Yeah, I, I love that. You don't have to bark, and you don't need to yell. Oh, he's not yelling, <laughs> Mr. <Feeney. laughs> yes. Uh, and I did. Da, da. I'm, I'm, so, I'm curious yeah. if Joey was 
suspended or expelled? Because, I mean, we do see him later on at graduation. But mm -hmm. we don't see him between now and graduation. And this is, I know up to this point we only really deal with detention. We've never really dealt with a suspension. But a suspension right. is not as... Granted, good-looking people, suspension is not good by any stretch. But a suspension is a very finite amount of time. It's not an indefinite mm -hmm. thing. And so it seems to me a suspension would not carry the weight that this conversation would have. So, and so I'm, I'm, I find myself wondering if this is a suspension or if this is really uh, an expulsion that we're talking about. I mean, it feels like it's an expulsion. It um, definitely does. Or yeah. if, if it's a suspension, it's like a months long. Like, oh yeah, you will have homework sent to one. you. I mean, they you set students clothes you can't on come back. fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, they're both lucky that it wasn't worse and cops called. Mm -hmm. But you know, nineties. Um, yeah interesting because the way they make it seem as if joey is gone he's never coming back which in a way he's not because he comes back um at in season five at the last episode it's not like he's a part of next season like frankie is okay. he does um, wind up on the other side of the school at some point yes of course uh, I do got to say, it's interesting to me that of all the characters that he met season two, day one, Frankie is the one that remains. Yes, and I'm I'm so very glad that he is the one that remains. <laughs> mm -hmm. Me too. But also, like, Frankie has always been the most interesting of all of the potential people for him to interact with. And I think this is one of the episodes that makes me sad because just you get to see more of who this character is in this episode mm -hmm. compared to when we've seen him before. Yeah. And also it makes sense why he would be willing to be so close with Harley and Joey for the social protection he would have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we discussed how, you know, he talks about, he's an ocean of love that, you know, these actually is pretty deep underneath those waters. And, you know, we, we finally start to see, we've, we've seen the poetic soul before at the poetry reading, but we really start to dig into it here or dive beneath the surface if I'm going to stick with the metaphor of the ocean. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, we really start to see that here finally. Yeah, somehow, Cory and Sean know that Joey's gone, but Frankie is not gone. Well, they figure he's being read the that. riot act and that they're safe, but, you know, it wouldn't be so stupid to come after them again. Even Frankie wouldn't be stupid enough to mess with us after that, right? Well, you'd be pained at how stupid I could be. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how the next scene is, as Joey would say, you live by the rat, you die by the rat. But it's in his high-pitched uh, Joey voice. <laughs> Yes. Uh, There's a certain cartooniness that Frankie and Joey had together. And once you strip the more cartooniness of Joey away, it mm -hmm. now leaves Frankie to figure out who he is now. Exactly. 
Yes. But, uh, yeah, uh, Corey pulls a rabbit out of his hat and says, Hey, I got an idea. You need friends. Why don't we be your friends? Yeah, and is it just to, is it real or is it to avoid untold pain? And even though it's just to avoid pain, Corey sells it off as legitimate. And so, you know, we're going to get an episode that's that's built around this idea of Frankie thinking it's real and Corey just wanting to pass it off. So there we yeah. go. Well, There's that's, our story. I mean, honestly, that is my problem is that Corey throws something out that in his mind is just a way to get away from, you know, getting beaten up when really he's talking to someone who is hurting, who is sad and upset and is going to try to fill the hole that is now left. Mm -hmm. Um, And is, you know, Frankie is a character that is kind of naive in a way. And so the fact is, is that he's going to latch on to someone saying, yes, I mean it when I say I want to be your friend. Yeah. He's got a, he's got a very, a very childlike innocence to him, even in the midst Mm -hmm. of all the thuggery. Yes. It's almost like he's a gentle giant, Brett. I know. <laughs> it's almost yes. like they have that perfect image right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, well, I mean, I know this is really random, but I just was thinking about Andre the Giant. And, you know, everything I've heard, mostly from, like, different people like especially like in hollywood they were like hey listen this guy was big and he was fun but he was just such a kind-hearted person and Mm -hmm. never wanted to hurt people if someone was being rude and obnoxious he would but you know he had no intentions of ever using his strength you know for bad yeah he'll drink you under the table but (laughs) (laughs) but you know unless you really give him a reason he's not going to come after you for anything mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, but yes but Sean uh, Sean says he doesn't like poetry I thought you meant said liver <laughs> yeah <laughs> which uh, yeah I, this is I figure and I know the joke comes first somewhere we, we've said time and time and time again that this is not a show that's built on continuity, but with as big as Sean comes into poetry later on and as much as we've actually seen him dabble here and there in just the written word period up to this point, it seems it seems that poetry is something that it's just too low-hanging fruit. Well, I can't believe at this point Sean hasn't figured out that poetry is something that would benefit him. Especially that... with him having six dates in one evening. Yeah. I don't know. It's just... Sean is whatever they need him to be in every episode. Yeah, he's he's still that kind of... that blank canvas at times. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Corey and Sean are now great friends with Frankie. 
We go to the next scene, which is taking place at uh, Turner's apartment. And apparently, uh, we find out that some uh, lady has been calling uh, Turner nonstop. Or, probably most likely, she's called him probably, you know, once or twice. And uh, just making clear... Sean and, and Eli have, have heard the messages and are familiar with the voice and the content of the messages. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's clear that Eli is very much aware of who this girl is, and Sean oh. is very curious because, you know, it's almost yep. like an insight into who Turner was before he was a staunchy teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I will say I do love that this B-plot, we get some we get a lot of backstory to John Turner, and I love being able to explore that. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you happen to clip at all the uh, interaction between Sean and Turner? Oh, you know I did. Okay, please play it for me. Man gets a call. Hey, lots of calls from what sounds to be a very attractive lady. Man doesn't speak a word of it to his little buddy Sean. Hmm. Interesting. Sean, there's nothing to tell her. I would have told you. Man gets all squirrely every time this girl calls. Makes a guy think man's keeping secrets from her. Sean, Sean, you want to stop with the whole man thing? Man seems a little irritated lately. It's no big deal. It's a girl I dated a long time ago, and it's over. And don't you dare start the next sentence with man. Dude's got a problem with the word man. Sean. Come on, John. Give him something. Okay. Okay. All right, Sean, you know those three little words that are very difficult to say to a woman unless you really mean them? Is father home? No, Sean. I love you. Oh, you're just a little vulnerable right now. Man needs to take a little walk. Oh, that's Dude's one of got my a problem favorites. with the word man. And I've, I've done that before. I've done this bit. I know it. It's one of my favorites in this whole show. It is. It's it's just comedic gold. I, I love it. <laughs> well, no, all, all of the timing in that scene also is just perfect. Like, yes, Eli is the guy who's playing Eli, which I can't remember his name off the top of my head, is reacting in a way that makes you think he didn't know that he, the joke was going to continue. And mm-hmm. whether it was intended to or not, the way he reacted to it was if, you know, someone's being really amused by the oh, teenager yeah. that lives at the house, you know? Oh, yeah. And I, I mean, I'm sitting here. I've, I've seen it dozens of times, if not more. And I'm still laughing at it right here now as we're, as we're re- recording. So I can't. I have no problem uh, understanding how funny that Alex Desaire finds it right there mm-hmm. the day of the shoot well, thank so you. but hey. it's it's hilarious <laughs> man's got a skeleton behind him he puts a t-shirt on him makes a guy that's think right. that uh man's worried about uh, people thinking that's inappropriate <laughs> nah nah see it started out as just a way for man to have an extra uh dad's meat world shirt on him but man recorded a different podcast and threw a different shirt on him and just never took it off. He's actually got hats on him tonight, but they're dark and they kind of blend in. I was going to say, it does not look like there's a hat on him whatsoever. Yeah, it's a black hat and it blends into the shadow really well. 
I can see that. I would find more ways to have man thrown in there, but there's really nothing I can do right now. Dude ran out of ways to say man. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Excuse me. So, yep, but this is where Eli uh, reveals the dirty secret that Turner apparently comes from money. Yeah, his parents are loaded, and John left it all behind to become a teacher. And what does what does Sean think of his buddy now? He's a sick man. Oh, I I didn't know if you had a clip or you were waiting to your curious. I don't, oh no, I don't. I didn't clip any more of that. No, oh, okay, no, that's fine. Yeah, no, he's. <laughs> almost disgusted a little bit of like you mean you could have rescued me and taken me like little orphan Annie (laughs) that could be our life right now yeah yeah Uh, but I also will say because it's made clear that this Melanie character knows him really well Mm -hmm. and knows Eli well as well so like well as well wow Um, like there is a real knowledge about something that's um i don't know um well eli describes her as the one that got away that's true it's i was gonna say like it's almost like she knows parts about him that he doesn't fully know about himself yeah like if john hadn't left they'd be married now and have their own little cape cod uh cottage you know Mm mm-hmm I'm but yes, we go to the Matthews. <laughs> we go to the Matthews household, and apparently Frankie decided to uh, uh, walk Corey home, and then he decides to also walk right into uh, Corey's house to ask, "Hey, can Corey stay the night on Friday night?" Yeah, and I clipped this because it's been so rare that we get a conversation between Corey and Amy this season, right? Yeah. What's going on? Mom, it's Frankie. I mean, it's suddenly like the guy's my new best friend. I mean, he's not leaving me alone. Well, maybe he's lonely. Maybe he's just looking for people to hang with. No, he, he doesn't need friends. I mean, he's Frankie the Enforcer. Corey, everybody needs friends. I'm sure that deep down inside he has some good qualities. Why don't you try to find them? No, Mom, he's a thug, all right? I mean, he scares people. He's made my life miserable since my first day at John Adams. That sweet, polite boy. Oh, yeah. Corey loves sleepovers. You know, in fact, with Monday being a holiday, why don't you keep them all weekend? I could do that. You wouldn't be a friend if you didn't. Right, little bro? I'm curious when they shot this of what holiday was around this Monday. It would have been January, maybe President's Day. Yeah, maybe. Let's say because Martin Luther King Jr. Day wasn't actually a holiday yet, so it wasn't going to be that day. Yeah, maybe President's Day. We'll have to oh. go with that because this, yeah, this this would have aired. What do we say? I, the twelfth. So maybe maybe we're going President's Day. But was this was this a part of that collection that was supposed that uh, was produced before or after the breakup? Um, I would have to look at that. Let me see here. I'm trying to show you off for Abby. This this was after the breakup. Um, it's actually the first. Yeah, this this falls in the correct order of being after the breakup. Um, 
Okay. And it would have been... It's four episodes after the New Year's episode, so it would have fallen, give or take, about end of end of January, beginning of February, give or take. Yeah, fair. If if we followed production order, so maybe maybe depending on how far they space it out, it could have been Martin Luther King Day. If if we go with. Uh, you know, depending on how many weeks they go in between episodes with a break. But there's no snow. And Corey's running around in just his sweatshirt. Yeah. Just those little things that bug me, Brett. I mean, we will get an episode where there's a snowstorm, and they do mention the date, so, you know, yes, we'll we talk will. more about that then. <laughs> Plenty of thoughts on that uh, situation. But, yeah, uh Corey is trying to say that uh, Frankie's not really worth having a friendship with mm-hmm. because he's just you know, a thug. He's a thug. And mm-hmm. I will say that Eric has turned around on uh, Frankie because apparently, you know, Frankie originally bullied Eric and now mm-hmm. Eric is willing to be buddies with him. That's what happens when you spend time with uh, someone that used to pick on you, I guess. Or when you're willing to point the the gun at someone else that you want to have him pick on more. Yeah, I mean, when you go f- uh, 15 hours in a pool game, it changes your relationship with people. Very true. He did have a lot of time with Frankie in that episode. Uh, we go back to uh, Turner's apartment because uh, apparently Turner agreed to go on a date. So he's getting ready and Sean's trying to say, hey, uh things work out with you two uh we're going to connecticut right (laughs) (laughs) do you mind if you know i i go with her (laughs) and of course uh melanie walks in the snooty uptight uh fur holden gucci purse accessorized but melanie is not the snooty woman john remembers and melanie is played by Eliza Coyle. That's our first and only time we'll see her in Boy Meets World. 34 acting credits to her name, including Murphy Brown, D3 The Mighty Ducks, Melrose Place, Mad About You, The King of Queens, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Mike and Molly, Heels, and more. Nice. Yeah. So, no, she is not dressed in any of the garments that apparently uh, she used to wear and even makes yeah, a comment a about... Jeans t-shirt. Yeah, comment about the apartment actually being of good size and reminds her of her place. Yeah, John's got a pretty swanky apartment. I like it. Yeah. It looks uh, pretty uh, TV-like, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's actually got a ceiling. Yeah, not too. Well, I mean, I will say that for potentially it maybe being in not the greatest area, maybe, question mark, it mm. could make sense for a teacher to have, you know, a halfway decent you know, apartment in that area. But I don't know. It's definitely a TV style <laughs> apartment, though. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, I mean, probably pretty comparable to... uh uh and friends joey and chandler's apartment probably yeah definitely smaller than monica and rachel's yeah. you mean monica and rachel who had the 
biggest uh, apartment in New York City? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Rent, rent control. control. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, they're getting ready to go on their little date. And, uh, apparently, <laughs> um, Corey hopped on his bike and Frankie jogged behind him and oh. kept pace with him the whole entire way to Chubby's. Thank you, friend, for our, our little workout. <laughs> oh, yes. and this and is where I was gonna Corey say, and Sean discover. What were you going to say? No, go ahead. Well, was, uh, this is where Frank or Corey and Sean discover that secret hidden thing that makes Frankie, in their eyes, worth the friendship. Yep. This is the part of the episode that drags it down for me. And anytime yeah. Corey and Sean are overtly selfish and, for lack of better wording, use people, that's when I tend to get disappointed and frustrated. Um, it's probably just that fact that watching this as a dad now and not just thinking, how would I handle the situation? But mm -hmm. how would I, as a, the father, after hearing what was going on, how would I handle this? It's more uh, yeah. or less what I'm thinking now. I find myself so very disappointed in them. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is disappointing. I don't know if it should detract from the episode or not, viewing it as a father of just how selfish they truly are this episode. Like, it ranks up there on on probably their top ten worst things they do is, you know, yeah. use Frankie. I mean, when, you, when you use someone like that, it's a pretty, it's a pretty bad thing. But... They discovered that the seventh graders seem so very, very small comparatively to what they were when they were in seventh grade. <laughs> you mean it was supposed to be two school years ago and literally they are night and day. One is tiny and the other ones are their normal size. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it looks like fourth graders talking to a couple of high schoolers. Yeah, it really does. And I, I, they do it for the gag, but still, it's, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, like, I will also say that, like, they refer to seventh graders quite often this season. And they the do. seventh graders are always super tiny. Like, there's no way around it. Of course, though, the, most often, seventh grade boys have not fully hit puberty yet. Some have. Some have hit their height. I was one of them that hit their height in seventh grade and never grew. I got wider, but never taller. Um, <laughs> but, you know, some, there's plenty of guys I have known who all throughout middle school, even all throughout high school, never grew. And all of a sudden they woke up one day in college and like, hey, I grew an inch. That's weird. Huh. I grew five inches. That's weird. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Couldn't happen to better people. <laughs> oh, don't hold back. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> Johnny Peralta grew three inches as a grown adult, and that's just ridiculous. 
Anywho, uh, so <laughs> everything at this point can be summed up in two ways. Uh, the first way is that Sean and Corey have a big ego and are blatantly using their influence with Frankie, and it's going to come to bite them in the back. Um, and Frankie is going to potentially turn on them. We'll get there. The other thing that we need to talk about is the fact that Turner and Melanie go on this date and both of them agree that, yes, they loved each other, but they had issues that they could not overcome as the people they were at that time. And, you know, she said that I was frustrated with you that you left because that meant I was going to have to leave. Mm -hmm. And... It's just like this chain reaction of he made a choice and she then had to make a choice as well. Um, yep. You know. But at the end of the day, you you start to see that maybe Turner isn't... That is... Oh, gosh. <sighs> okay. <laughs> maybe Turner isn't exactly that carefree, you know, biker guy that we first met um you know he does have background in a little bit more sophistication and mm-hmm. you know yes he did go to a motorcycle riding groovy teacher but i'm sure if you throw a tux on him he'd be able to handle himself properly at a, a dinner table no yep. he could he could slide back into high society if need be but yeah, and you know she made a choice, but she's happy in her choice now, and mm-hmm. you know the the door is open for them to reconnect and rekindle that spark should yeah. the opportunity arise. Yeah. But apparently, she kept her beamer. That's one of the things that yes. the, they had talked Girls about. Girls got to get around. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, yes. But, I mean, there there is a level of people who have money, who grew up with money, and just being spoiled, and how that affects your growth, and people having to make choices. Mm-hmm. So, luckily, my kids won't have to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mine have nothing to worry about. <laughs> For well, it's starting so, to dawn on Frankie that maybe Corey and Sean weren't as sincere, especially because Sean's now passing out nicknames, nice. Dances with Sweaters. Yes, and Dances with Sweaters is actually Robert, played by Adam mm-hmm. Wiley. First and only time on Boy Meets World. 155 acting credits to his wow. name, including Seinfeld, Home Improvement, Kindergarten Cop, Who's the Boss, The Torkelsons, Seventh Heaven, Recess, Gilmore Girls, NCIS, Monk, a lot of voice acting, and more. Oh, I tried, no but no step-by-step. Step step. No. I was like, there's got to be step-by-step step in here. I, with 155, I thought there would be, but there wasn't. That's okay. We're getting out of that sink of uh, people being on one show yeah, to the next show. Yeah, the overlap is not there as strong as it was. 
Oh, well. Don't worry. By but, the end of the season, we'll have a pretty big one. We will. Probably the closing step-by-step uh, step for us, in all honesty. But anywho, um, I like that Feeney has a moment with him. I you know, do, and I clipped him. this one. Oh, good. Yes, so here we go. Lost your way, Mr. Stacchino? Metaphorically speaking, yes, Mr. Feeney. You see, I found some new friends, as you yourself suggested. Yes, Mr. Hunter and Mr. Matthews. Well done. I'm not so sure. Mr. Feeney, you told me hanging with the better crowd would make me a better person. Mm -hmm. And yet, here I wander, like the Israelites in the days of Yul Brenner. <laughs> You're over my head, Mr. Stacchino. I'm still Frankie the Enforcer. Ah, so your new friends are not what you hoped they'd be. It's always the same, Mr. Feeney. Harley and Joey, Corey and Sean. They just see this big guy who everybody's afraid of, and they use my power for evil. Why do you let them? If pressed, Mr. Feeney, I would just have to admit I want them to like me. Is that so wrong? Everyone wants to be liked, Frankie. Even you, Mr. Feeney? Don't tell the students. It would only create chaos. <laughs> I, I love the scene, and it goes on. I, I just clipped it, but I, I love this interaction between Frankie and Mr. Feeney because it just, it in this short moment here, we get just such raw connection where Frankie is completely open and honest that he just wants to be liked. And he's mm -hmm. willing to let other people use him and, and his Frankie the Enforcer persona so that people will like him and be around him. And Mr. Feeney's going to tell him, just don't let them. Mm -hmm. Just stand up to them. Well, I know that the show gets a bad rap for, you know, Corey goes to Feeney for advice. Feeney solves his problems. Eric goes to Feeney for advice. Feeney solves his problems. And it's like this consistency of like Feeney always being there to solve their problems. And like, I like that you get to see him interact with other students. Mm -hmm. That's not just the core four. It's, you know, Feeney taking some time showing that he cares about all of his students. It's not just the four of them. Yeah. And wants to see Frankie grow. Yeah, he's hoping there for that, all of his students. Yeah, hoping that Sean and Corey would be an actual good influence. And Buddy's finding, probably disappointedly, that they're not being good influences. Mm -hmm. But uh, we start to see that uh, maybe Sean's seeing things a little differently. Mm -hmm. I mean, first there's a phone call where. Uh, or a, a message about uh, Frankie trying to say, hey, I'm really concerned about your intentions and you have in the background barking and please, Dad, I'm on the phone. <laughs> Papa, I'm on the phone. <laughs> yes, but, uh, you know, Sean is hearing about the date and how you know hey she's not who i thought she was and i kind of had her wrong and i'm happy we got to see each other and maybe we will see each other again but if we don't i know we're both on going on better paths and you know sean is really kind of taking this to heart of sometimes we judge people wrong and i like that he has the wherewithal to take what 
John is learning in his life and see that it applies in his own life without having to be led by the nose to that application. Mm -hmm. Well, we see this all the time with Sean. Sean's probably the one that decodes and figures out lessons so much better than Corey ever really does. Mm -hmm. I know Corey always gets the credit for it, but Sean is always learning something through all of their misdeeds and situations. Mm -hmm. So Street smarts. Yeah. Well, Corey gets through with Anne Frank to one person that Feeney didn't think he could. Yep. Sean. <laughs> so... He also has a poetic soul that we'll learn about later on, but for right now, he doesn't like it. Hates but uh, we learn <laughs> that the seventh graders decide to ambush Corey and Sean because they're tired of doing their stuff. They're not going to take it anymore. <laughs> mm -hmm. But of course, Frankie shows up, and all the seventh graders try to run away. And uh, I don't know if you have any of this clipped. No. No, that's no, okay. Uh, but, you know, Sean's trying to be like, hey, you know, you need to look at who this guy is, who you're running away from, who this person is. And at first, Corey's like, what are you doing? He's like, just go with me. And, you know, he makes it clear that, you know, he's very poetic and he's got a kindness to him that's unmatched by a lot of people. And, you know, He's actually a really kind person if you get to give him the chance to get to know him. And Corey adds, mm -hmm. yeah, like, I've heard his poetry. It's really good. And, you know, he's got depth to him. And, you know, they're saying all these nice things. And you think maybe the seventh graders will take their word and they yell, run! And all the seventh <laughs> graders disperse. Yeah, the seventh graders aren't quite there yet. No. <laughs> But they agree that they're they want to be friends with uh, Frankie, maybe yeah. not as intense of friends as he was thinking, but you know, they have no desire to use him or abuse him, and mm -hmm. they just appreciate him. But they finally are willing to follow through on that promise to be real, authentic friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually authentic. Mm -hmm. But, of course, we get to the close, Brett, and it's it's classic. It is. <laughs> yeah, so they're talking about watching the uh, Vader match on TV, and all of a sudden, <gasps> Vader pops in. It's Vader time. Vader time. <laughs> and, of course, uh, Amy walks down, and Vader gets all up in his face, bar her face, and barking. <laughs> You're not like this at the PTA meetings. Oh, knock it off, Francis. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. And Eric, of course, the enforcer is no more, sir. Yeah, now Eric is coming in to be the biggest, you know, um, schnozzle, I guess, is the nicest way to put it. Yeah, that's how that'll work. <laughs> yeah, so he's just being a jerk and... He's like, after everything he's done, give me a reason why I shouldn't uh, shouldn't really let him have it. And, of course, mm -hmm. his father being there says, I'll give you three, and parks three times, puts him up. And <laughs> Eric says Gee, one of the best where closing have I seen lines. this before? <laughs> give him a bone. <laughs> and then the episode is over. <laughs> 
Yes, and that is the conclusion of this episode, Brett. That is. So, are you ready for your deep dives? Oh, sure. People, 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 people. Am I the only one who read the summer reading list? Alrighty, so, flagpoles, Brett. Uh, they mentioned that they... Uh, flag uh, stuff was on the flagpoles. Apparently, they burned also the clothes. I don't know, but let's talk about flagpoles real quick. Uh, the original <laughs> flagpole was constructed sometime around 1850, 1850, and was made of two large fir poles joined as a cross arm. Uh, in addition to holding the two sections uh, together, the cross arm would give workers a, uh, a place to stand with work was required on the upper section of the pole in 1855 uh, when the cons contents of of the fort were auctioned off the flagpole along with a lighting rod was sold to John Herford for one dollar that seems like a, a ripoff. Hmm. Let's talk about the original Buns of Steel. Uh, created by Greg Smithy, who is an American fitness and aerobic instructor. Uh, best known for the original uh, Buns of Steel. Workout from 1987. Uh, was promoted for health and fitness uh, Bond of Steel uh, leads viewers through a series of exercises devoted to strengthening, tightening, toning, growing, and shaping the buttocks, thighs, and upper legs. Over one million copies of VHS tapes were sold. Uh, later on, it was uh, put to DVD. There was DVD version. Uh, for the dear viewers at home uh, who is too young, VHS tapes are what we had before DVDs. And for those of you who are still too young, DVD is what we had before Blu-rays. Now, if you're still too young, Blu-rays is what we used to really go for uh, until streaming really came along and just buying them straight on Amazon became a thing. So we're talking a little bit about wealth, Brett. And uh, mm -hmm. the thing about wealth is that it gets complicated when you have a lot of money because people want the money. And especially if they grew up with money, then that's all their focus is on is money. So here are five uh, estate planning mistakes to avoid. Uh, so the first one is to be fair. Um, often the issue is not... Uh, equal divisions of assets but fairness two separate concepts one child who has taken care of his parents uh, might deserve to receive bigger share of inheritance uh, that might be fair uh, basically you have to go with your best gut on what you think is going to be fair okay so apparently we have six because there was I was on an article it led me to a different thing so <laughs> cool um so anywho basically here's some mistakes that you need to avoid uh 
avoid picking poorly. Many people forget that the real estate planning is two-part process. Half of the pro uh, documents you draft provide instructions by divvying up your estate after you die, but the other, and potentially more important, after half outlines directs the handling your financials and medical care if you become disabled so basically uh you know you got to be careful how you pick things because there are consequences to all of our actions uh leaving your ira to your estate uh, do not repeat, do not name your estate as your individual retirement account beneficiary, or it will be subject to claim and creditors during probate. The legal process of settling your estate when you die, individual retirement account would be easy, would be used to pay off any debts in your name, whatever money remains in any anything gets distributed to your heirs, not in a timely fashion. Probate is costly and can be years to complete. Uh, forgetting to update beneficiaries. Basically, if you have a change and that someone else is benefiting from you, maybe say a new child come their way or someone who, you know, is now a part of your life. I actually have been hearing stories about uh, people who became close friends with a random stranger and that random stranger just would be there quite a bit because they liked them and they'd stick around and were there until they died and you know those people were the people that they would give their money to because they were like hey you need this more than my children do mm -hmm. you know my children didn't come see me this random stranger did uh da -da -da -da. Failing to sign a health care directive. Basically, uh, there is a specific document that you can sign that will give instructions for what you would want if you're in a state where you cannot verbally say what you would like to do. Um, things like who you want to have authority over you to make medical decisions and those type of things. Um, and of course, uh, leaving a living trust unfunded. Uh, living trust, which allows you to pass assets to heirs outside of probate, can be a valuable real estate planning tool. But if you do not, if but it won't do you a bit of good if you fail to put assets into the trust. Once you have set up a living trust, you must re and retitle your assets under the name of the trust so basically if you're gonna have a living will a living trust that you know things are supposed to be getting pulled out of you got to make sure you're funding it so mm -hmm. there's a reason why a lot of people say i don't know us uh end up not having all the things always figured out it's simple we don't got the money to fund the things <laughs> Uh, you know, normal stuff. Let's talk about Gentle Giants, Brett. From our friends at uh, Urban Dictionary. A word used to describe a tall person who is very nice and usually refuses to stand up against bullies to avoid confrontation because they know it won't lead uh, to anything productive. 
Um, masculine, incredibly strong, powerful looking tall man who has a peaceful and non-confrontational personality on first appearance. You think he'd beat the crap out of you, but in reality, he won't hurt you. He won't hurt a fly. Also, uh, Gentle Giant is also a rock band from uh, Britain. I did find that whenever I was looking around other places, too. Uh, they mention uh, Yule Breyer. Uh, mm-hmm. He was a Russian-born actor, Yule Breyer, from July 11th, 1920 to October 10th, 1985. So he passed away before the show came out. Uh, he is most known for his betrayal of King Mankut in the Rogers and Hammerstein stage musical The King and I, uh, for which he won Tony Awards and later Acad- uh, Academy Award for Best Actor in a Film Adaptation. He's played over 4,625 times on stage and has become known for his shaved head, uh, which maintains a personal trademark alongside, or after adapting The King and I. Uh, considered the first Russian-American film star. He's honored uh, with a ceremony that puts his handprints in front of the uh, Goodman's Chinese Theater in Hollywood in 1956. and was also received a, a Hollywood Walk of Fame star in 1960. You know, it is sad to me that... Uh, that really means nothing anymore that the people that get those uh things are for lack of better word not really the biggest stars anymore yeah uh, last but not least brett we gotta talk about something mm-hmm. and that is a simple fact that uh you know cheerleading as they were wearing cheerleading outfits, is often treated like a sport, but is often considered not a sport. So, Brett, let's uh, let's have it out for the next, uh, say, minute. I'll let you take whatever side you want, and you can tell me, Brett, is it a sport or not a sport, and I'll take the other side, just for kicks and giggles. All right. Well, I'm going to say cheerleading... Uh, <clears throat> Unless it is competitive, cheerleading is not a sport. It, it is uh, uh, very, very really cheerleading that you would see at a normal Friday night football game is not a sport. It is an activity. Um, sport would have to be competitive. It would have to be judged. You would have to be competing to win or lose. And you would have to be working together on a consistent basis in some form of timed or uh, structured event to be able to be judged or or uh, gaining enough points of some fashion to win or lose. Um, now, within competitive cheerleading, where you're actually training and where there is actually gymnastics involved and there are teams competing against one another, I will allow that as a sport. So there you go. Let's hear the other side. Well, Brett, I, I want to tell you that there's a little movie, independent thing. Maybe you've, you've heard of it, maybe not. But it's called The Replacements. came out in 2000. 
The Replacements is about the, uh, is taking inspiration from the uh, 1980s NFL lockout, uh, where people wrongfully thought that the players were just trying to be greedy and uh, trying to just get more money from the uh, owners. Really, they were just trying to make sure they had a little more of a living wage and everything, because before, you know, there was a bunch of millionaires and now billionaires uh, running around in uh, the NFL and other sporting areas. Uh, people didn't always have this as their full-time jobs. They would do this on the side and then go do something else. But Brett, uh, you know, one of the things I noticed in the uh, the movie of uh, The Replacements is that it feels as though the cheerleaders are also uh, getting replaced. It's not just the players. So I say mm -hmm. to you, Brett, and I know it's just a movie, but I noticed as a young man that uh, cheerleaders are very important to the uh, to the role of and uh, their their addition onto a uh, sporting team. In fact, I'd argue that uh, in their in their own way, they're also a part of the team that is the football team. They're there to keep the crowd going. They're there to keep the enthusiasm and also just to be running around and being distractions and to get people pumped up, Brett. So their competition, maybe not going toe to toe, but really they're there part of the team. They're almost, you could say the 11th uh, teammate at any given football field on Friday nights. You could say that, but not every NFL team has cheerleaders. No, but the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> does. Because uh, to quote the original desire, we want to throw sex <clears throat> into football. <laughs> All right. But uh, those are your deep dives, Brett. Okay, so let's talk about the, what we sorry, learned. The, the main point of that is just oh. it's often treated as a sport, especially in high school. It's a sporting activity, but it's not a true sport unless they're actually competing. I agree with that. Yes, there we go. Yes, we are definitely on the same page. So let's talk about what we learned. You know anything about the Odyssey? Huh? Did I say you could talk? I didn't teach you that. My friend Mr. Matthews will lead the discussion. Do I have to draw you a picture? What did you learn, Tyler? You know, Brett, I, you know, maybe not learn, but I was reminded of the fact that we, we have to sometimes let go of our personal biases and, and accept the fact that sometimes we will look down upon people and there's no reason for us to do that in the first place. And so truly, um, you know, we have to be willing to let go of those original, maybe, judgments that we hold on people and just accept that everyone's just trying to do their best. Mm -hmm. I learned that seventh graders are really short. But really, um, I, t I take uh, a lesson from Mr. Feeney in that we, we often we see him with the core four, but he was right there for Frankie even after reading him the riot act at the very beginning that we need to be ready and willing and uh, even even I would dare say excited to be uh, available to people who would reach out to us for help and for assistance mm -hmm. uh, for guidance whether they're our own children, whether they're friends, whether they're 
some stranger on the street who's seeking something simple. Uh, and so I take that lesson from Mr. Feeney this week. Yeah, it's a good lesson. Yeah. So, um... I'm right? No, you're exactly right. So am I done with my education? Can I go? What would you grade this episode this week, Tyler? New friends and old. I'm going to have to go with a B+. Um, this is a really solid episode. It's a good episode. It's one that I have very much mixed emotions about, but it's more skewed in the in the positive realm. It's one I'll watch, but, you know, I do get so disappointed in Corey and Sean for a solid five minutes and then also with eric as well so but also where is alan matthews i get the actor may not be there because he has other responsibilities but where is the character of alan matthews yeah yeah he really has been missing for a stretch here hasn't he um i'm saying i'm, I'm a little I'm a little harsher. I'm going with a B minus. I'm, I share the disappointment. Um, I I feel like it was awesome seeing Amy interact. I would have loved to see Alan's viewpoint too because I think it's. I think we get so much more when we get both of their perspectives, and so I, th- yeah. I feel like it was missing something. I loved seeing Feeney and being Feeney with Frankie. But there was just so much of the episode was devoted to uh, Corey and Sean being the worst versions of themselves that 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 brief moment at the end just it it, it was too quick for me. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm just a whole, little harsher on it. We're in sitcom land. Yeah, Everything's going to wrap it's up. It's 90s sitcom territory. Yeah, I'm just a little harsher on it. That's that's my dad <laughs> vibe there. So, yeah. That's, no, that's my old man get off my porch. <laughs> yeah, fair. Well, Brett. Oh, golly. It's like I need to go to sleep. Uh, I got a dad joke for you. <laughs> All right, hit me with it. My wife said, I should do lunges to stay in shape. I said, that would be a big step forward. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you another one because I like this one too. Singing in the shower is fun until you get soap in your mouth. Then it's a soap opera. (laughs) All right. So good looking people. Dear math, grow up and solve your own problems. Thanks for hanging out with us again this week. Good looking people. We enjoy doing yeah. this for you. Yeah. Check us out on our social channels at Dad's yeah. World across them all. Facebook, Twitter, slash X. Um, yeah. And hey, we started up a uh, TikTok, so you can check us out there too. We're putting videos up there. Yeah. And you drop us an email because as we announced last week, we've got a contest running. Yeah, contest. Get your stuff in. Tyler, how many emails? Five. Five emails. We'll take we'll pick the best email. Uh, we need at least five. We'll pick the one that makes us giggle the most. You'll get a t-shirt. So send us yeah. your emails. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Tyler, until next time, I'll yeah. see you good looking. Yeah, good looking. Yeah.
can I learn so much every week and still be so stupid? Dad's Meat World is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios, tell your story. Yeah. So with that, I turn the hosting floor over to you. Sorry. I want to get at least one more bite in. <laughs> Frankie in that episode. Oh my goodness. You need to. Oh, Thank you. I just could, I watching in my camera of like him like snuggling in. I'm like, this is not comfortable. You're not snuggling uh, this in. This is not going to end well. That's it's one thing for it to be my shoulder, though. but gosh. <laughs> I had no more vamping ready. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay, here we go. Take two. Wow. You know, they're trying to eat something that's like super dry, super quick, and just doesn't want to go down. Too many. There times. you go. <laughs>